Welcome into the Empty Bottle Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Danny. And alongside me, as always, is my good friend, Zane. Zane, we're, we're hitting off National Beer Day right. I got my Independence Harbor Amber Ale. I just picked it up off the shelf, and I'm really excited about it. You know how I am about my Amber Ales. I, I love them. Uh, what do you got in front of you today, man? Yeah, International Beer Day, really rocking it hard. I just got some classic H2O. Uh, straight out of the faucet so it's uh it's premium stuff here today um but just keeping it light today just just some water yeah interesting like back home in chicago like we can just drink drink straight tap water but out here in south carolina i was stringently told a few times that we cannot drink the tap water we you have to have like three different filters to be able to drink this stuff down here so very lucky back home to be able to just drink it straight from the faucet all right, well, we got a lot to get into into today. We had a big cha- national championship game on Monday. It did not live up to the hype, Zane. And this entire year, the game, Gonzaga and Baylor had been building up to this. They didn't get to play in the regular season because of COVID concerns. But they got to play in the national championship game, the game that everybody wanted. And needless to say, it was probably a letdown. Do you share the same thoughts? I mean, what do you think about the game? Yeah, I thought it was, uh, I mean, it was definitely a letdown. I mean, you know, we love to see national title games come down to a couple points here, a couple points there. Um, but I'm not sure if it was uh, super surprising. After I had seen Baylor play a couple times, uh, I-, I was pretty sure they were going to win it. I mean, they were just steamrolling everybody. Um, so yeah, I mean, after they beat UCLA, they, I mean, it was a great shot, but it was a little bit of like an overreaction. It was like, uh, this Jalen Suggs player, he's got the it factor, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you barely got past the 11 seed UCLA. Let's not forget about that. Uh, so, I mean, Gonzaga kind of ran into a, a team that was probably all along better than them. Um, but, yeah, just disappointing for a national championship game. You know, we love to see the, the Villanovas over UNC, you know, yeah. la- last shot, just stuff like that. Um, it really wasn't even a competitive game. No, it wasn't. Gonzaga got taken out of their element pretty much right off the bat. It just seemed I know it didn't seem like they had their best game, but man, Baylor just I, I feel like they were playing at just 95, 100% the entire game and they just dominated every single facet. And it, not, I'm convinced that even if Gonzaga had their best game, Gonzaga's best game against Baylor's best game, Baylor's winning that game every time. Uh, it's Baylor's is that good. And I think, again, we see Gonzaga. They just had not seen a defense like Baylor until the championship game, and it showed. So that begs the question, Zane. Gonzaga, West Coast Conference, small, very small school, probably the biggest other schools, BYU and St. Mary's. They're not really national title contenders. They might be decent, but those are the only teams I can really think of in that conference that can maybe hold a candle to some of these other power five schools. So will Gonzaga and Mark few ever win a national championship? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, better than 50, 50 chance. No, because you have to win a one and done tournament, mm-hmm. which is extremely hard to do, but am I going to, you know, discount them or disqualify them from, from having a real shot? Um, just because they're, um, they play in a weak conference, I would say no, you know, they had to beat power five conferences, power five conference teams to get here. So 
I mean, they're legit. Would it be more fun to see them play top-notch competition throughout the year? Um, absolutely. But in a in a March Madness tournament, it it does. I don't remember Kentucky, probably the, or the almost undefeated Kentucky team, one of the most dominant college basketball teams ever. Besides the 2016 Villanova Wildcats. But, oh, um, no, no. <laughs> I mean, it's just like it, you will never be the, the, the odds on favorite to win a, a March Madness tournament. There's just too much to happen. And I think Baylor had just enough time after coming back from COVID to put it all together. And you just never know who's going to get hot. And I mean, UCLA got crazy hot. Yeah, they got crazy hot. And they so, were one possession. You and me were watching. They should have actually probably won that game. Yeah. So I, I don't think it really has anything to do with the fact that they're a smaller school or out in the West. I mean, you could see Mark Hughes doing a really good job. He's getting good recruits. He's got that program, uh, you know, on a year-in, year-out basis, and, you know, as a high seed. It's just more the fact that it's just like you just never know who you're going to run into into the tournament. Um, so I I think they have a chance, but would I, you know, would I pick them to win a tournament? I'm not sure. It's tough, man. It, you bring up the, the tournament thing and it's one and done. It, it's just one and done. You look at the Big Ten and they have the probably some of the toughest schedules in the entire country and they haven't had a champion since 2001 Michigan State. Now they've had teams go to the finals, Michigan, Illinois, Ohio State, and they just you know haven't been able to finish it, finish off the job there. But and it's just tough because Gonzaga does usually have a pretty good non-conference schedule. And then they, uh, they just kind of mail it in the conference thing. So the argument could go either way, but it is tough to say for sure that Gonzaga will eventually win a championship. It's just so tough. It, it really is. All right, let's move on here. Maybe not so happy news, but Deshaun Watson just acquired his 22nd sexual assault or sexual misconduct allegation man zane the numbers are piling up here and the math is not on deshaun watson's side here will he ever play in the nfl again yeah yeah i'm gonna say i'm gonna say he'll play in the nfl again um it's kind of weird i don't know talking about this this stuff before you know a lot of the facts come out and you know it's a lot of um, so I'll just leave it, you know, we'll just wait for the official court rulings to come out and we'll, we'll, we'll see how that works out. Um, but, but even if it's true and all 22 were sexual misconduct to I mean, do I believe he'll play in the NFL again? Yeah. Even if he gets suspended for a year, um, NFL teams look at that and go, well, he's preserved his body for a year. It'll be just as healthy, just as fresh. Um, so, you know, I mean, there's a there's a bunch of guys in the NFL who have done uh, a multitude of things that we consider uh, despicable, um, and uh, are given another chance. So, do I believe he'll be playing again? Yes, I would definitely say. With the Texans, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure how that fan base would um, receive us. You know, if it's true and, and if the allegations are true. Uh, how that fan base would receive him, you know, it might be good for uh, a change of scenery and just to uh, move to a different team after that. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll see. Um, but I believe he'll get he'll get a second chance. Yeah, he's just too good of a talent to uh, leave off the field or for NFL teams after he's done with his suspension and however long that may be. Because I, I think no matter what, he's going to get a suspension despite you know the, the court rulings. 
he's probably gonna have to settle because there's no way he can probably disprove 22 allegations it's it's probably he's probably gonna have to settle and he's probably gonna get suspended for something but like you said he's just too good to leave off the field and nfl teams love making money more than you know keeping up their moral standards and that's just not for the nfl that's pretty much just for any other sports team out there they're gonna prioritize dollars over anything else now if you're like a you know a seventh round pick or something yeah you're getting cut and you're never getting signed by another team but yeah, yeah that the one remember the last year the Seattle Seahawks guy who snuck a girl into his uh or yeah snuck a, a snuck yeah. a woman into the team hotel cut immediately <laughs> and it's yeah. like Deshaun Watson well let, you know let's just see what happens you know, so. <laughs> yeah we're gonna let all the facts come out you know <laughs> uh so yeah I mean he's just yeah he's too good so um you know if they are true obviously shame on Deshaun Watson but that's not going to stop an NFL team from from signing him. Not yeah, because no if way. it's any other profession, he's never getting a job like that again. Like he's not getting an, another desk job ever again if all the this stuff is true. But NFL is different. It's you know he, he's one of maybe you know ten people that has his skill set in the entire world. So teams will find a spot for him no matter what. All right. Let's move over to the NBA. Lakers and Nets have dominated the storylines for their respective conferences for the most part. But my question to you, Zane, is outside of these two teams, who do you think has a realistic shot at the NBA title? Um, winning a title. You'd have to look at, I think you'd have to look at Philadelphia. They're yeah. playing at a re- really high level and you have to account for Doc Rivers. Um, even though we kind of, flailed out last year in the bubble that was a, just a weird just a weird year so we're not gonna hold anything um really too hard again or too harshly against anybody so Doc Rivers has that pedigree um out of the east I, I I'm really not convinced on Milwaukee either um I really like I mean Nate McMillan after um after he took over Atlanta he's got them playing insane yeah. They went from like the nine seed. They're all the way up to the four seed. Um, so they've been playing just out of their minds. I'm not sure if they're real championship contenders, um, but they look good out, um, out West. Um, I like, I like Dallas as my dark horse, man. Yeah. Just, <laughs> man, I mean, they're, just, they're you creeping. Can't, you can't, for, you can't forget about them. You can't sleep on the Dallas Mavericks. You, it's hard not to root for, for Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis, I love both of them. I love the Mavericks uh, only because of those two. If they if those two weren't on the team, I wouldn't care about the Mavericks. Oh, you're a Mark Cuban fan, right? Also, yeah, I'm a Mark Cuban fan. I don't know. He's yeah. I, some of this, yeah, yeah. I'm a Mark Cuban fan, sure. Yeah. Um, but but um, I mean, they really gave the Clippers last year a run for the money until Kristaps yeah. Porzingis went out. Um, they've been playing insane on the back half of the all-star break. Um, if they continue to win the Lakers, I have to assume are going to continue to fall. They look terrible. It's just, um, yeah, it's bad. So it's I mean, you could, probably, right now. you could probably see, and I mean, if you're the, if, if you're a team, you're kind of maybe hoping, well, I mean, if you could maybe get the Lakers in a playoff seed, you know, before LeBron or AD gets back, if their injuries are pushed back or their timetables are pushed back, you might want to play them. Um, Cause you definitely don't want to play Phoenix. You don't want to play Denver, even though Denver has been 
so so I really like the Aaron Gordon pickup. Um, but I, I think Dallas, I think Dallas is the dark horse this year. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the West. I, I think you probably just pick about any team from the West and and really be okay with your pick. I'm gonna go with the Utah Jazz. Now I know they're in the, they're the number one seed in the West, but man, oh man, they lost their first two games at home this season, and they have not lost since at home at least. They are now 22 and two on the road, so that's 22 straight home game wins, and that they're just padding that record, man. And if you know if you get home home court advantage in the playoffs and you have a record like that, you're feeling pretty happy about that. Really happy about that. And they they got the best record in the league too, so that goes with the finals as well. So really like what I'm seeing from Utah, and I, I think a lot of people, I don't know, say a lot of people, but Phoenix and Devin Booker. If you remember last year, the Suns didn't lose a single game in the bubble. They still missed out because it was just a crazy mathematical, like, you know, low possibility that that happened, but they, they won every single game in the, in the bubble. And I think that was really beneficial for that young team. And they are really coming together now, man. So I'm, I'm really excited about those two, you know, quote unquote underdog teams and seeing maybe the Clippers and the Lakers on the outside looking in. So I'm just kind of happy to see maybe some of the non-contenders we've seen this past uh, few years and, and talk about sinking ships saying what, what's going on with the Warriors man that I think the Warriors lost by like 50 something the other night and it's just it's bad yeah it's bad I think um I mean the roster really isn't that good either um Steph Curry was kind of playing out of his mind for a while yeah um but um Steve Kerr is kind of getting um, exposed a little bit, I think. Uh-huh, yeah. There's no reason you need to lose by, you know, by 50 points. I mean, Minnesota's like the worst team in the league, but they're not losing by 50 points. So, I, you know, if you're going to lose, you need to put a – I mean, if it's coaching or if it's better effort um, or, you know, just no fans, once, you, once you're down by 25, you're just like, all right, well. You know, whatever, yeah. whatever. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that's, I, I mean, I kind of got to look at Steve Kerr a little bit. You know, you should not be losing by that much. Yeah, if you're Clay Thompson, you, you got to be thinking, man, do I do I really want to be coming back anytime <laughs> soon? I think I might just. Uh, it's his other knee next season. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, can't go, can't go. That, the doctor's like, yeah, you're all fine, Clay. Nah, man, I, I'm not feeling it. Not feeling it. Put me in next year. <laughs> Trade trade me, trade me to the Nets. Yeah, trade me to the Nets. <laughs> All right. We'll go on to our last question here for the day. And this is a little bit out of the box, but MLS expansion team for Sacramento, they're they're gonna be the next expansion team until their billionaire investor backed out of the deal when the COVID pandemic hit. So, Zane, my question to you is if you were a billionaire and you just had to buy any team, what team would you buy so like what sport would you buy in and then also what city would you put that team in yeah it's a yeah it's a fun topic we can kind of get into at the end here and i was i'm trying it's a kind of a tough question um i think i would choose the sport i think i would choose basketball Mm. um just because there's like there's less scouting because there's less players yeah and, you know, you get a couple draft picks right and um, you could be set. 
you, the NFL, you need, you need the quarterback, right? You know, you need so many things to go right for you in the NFL. That's uh, going to be extremely, extremely hard to get back to the, you know, and to be successful, especially because they have a one and done playoffs as well. Right. Um, so I think I would pick basketball and I think I would pick something like, uh, I don't know if you could do this, but I guess I would be like the LA and do okay. a second team. No, but I would do a second team in Miami. Oh, all um, right. That'd be try, fun. I mean, yeah, just the allure of, of South Beach, Miami. Right, man. If I wasn't going to do that, um, I'd probably do something like Nashville or something, something where like just that that's what the city has. Right. And it's just like maxed out, you know, just the yeah the I camaraderie for that team. So right. either something like that, some medium market where it's just diehard fans or the allure of like just the beach in Miami and stuff like that. Yeah. I think a a NBA team in Nashville would be awesome. They, they just, I know it's like kind of like party city over there, um, but they they love their Titans and they love their predator sports, man. The two other uh, franchises out there. I'm not sure how big Memphis is, but that's, you know, on the other side of the state, Probably not as big of a draw, but Nashville. Oh man, that that'd be a fun city because you get people from all from all over the country going to Nashville to party, and they're gonna want to go to a games and just like you know mix up monotony of going to the bars every night. Hey, let's try to go to a you know NBA game tonight. That'd be fun. So that that's a great spot. I I really like that. I'm gonna go with an MLS team and I'm sending them to Vegas. I'm going to be the first MLS team to Vegas. Yeah. So let me, let me lay it out here for you. So Vegas is the betting capital of the world and I'm a billionaire. I'm just going to pour all my freaking money into that soccer team and get all the best athletes from around the world. I don't care what the price is. I don't care what the salary cap is in MLS. I'm just going to go through it. Um, and just to sign the world's best players. And then, man, you would make goo-goo bucks because everybody from around the world goes to Vegas for betting. You had a professional sports team and, you know, soccer, that speaks around the world, worldwide. They're going to want a piece of that action. You put in a, you know, Olympic-sized stadium for, for a soccer team down there. Oh, man, year-round. It doesn't matter what time of the year it is. People are going to be wanting to go see those games if you got the athletes. And I feel like MLS is, uh, has just exponentially grown minus the COVID pandemic, uh, in the past 20 years. And it's, it's just going to keep going the more and more money that comes into it. And I feel like they're going to, the MLS is going to rise up the power rankings of these different soccer leagues. I don't think it'll ever pass premier league or, you know, Bundesliga, but maybe it could start being the conversation with some of the other top leagues around the world as more and more money goes into it. Yeah. No, that would definitely be definitely be super fun. Um, you're gonna have to go get players from overseas because obviously the U.S. can't even qualify for the Olympics. Yeah, uh, yeah so the U.S. homegrown talent is not ideal. <laughs> um, so, but uh, yeah, that would definitely be. I mean, Vegas. Yeah, I, I would definitely be down for that. That'd be that'd be fun. You know, you could go to the Knights game. You could go to the Raiders game now. You could do your right. MLS. You got it. You've got it all in Vegas now. I love that. Yeah, kind of. It's kind of a side note. It's kind of interesting that of all the professional sports teams to get to Vegas first, that the NHL was the first team to make it there. 
instead of like, I would have thought like NFL for sure. I know they're the second team, the Raiders there or the NBA, you know, baseball. I'm not too surprised. I kind of considered baseball and hockey, you know, we have this moral code that we would never drop ourselves to the Vegas level, but Hey, <laughs> NHL saw an opportunity and they capitalized on it and that good for them because it, it's working out great for them. And I think we'll, we'll pro- they'll probably get baseball out there eventually in, in basketball as well. But uh, all right, Zane, that wraps up our show for today. That was a lot of fun. And we got into some, I think we covered about just as much uh, sports, maybe minus baseball, which we can get into next week. And we'll kind of figure out where the, the Cubs and White Sox are more after, after two weeks of action and see how they're doing. Um, early thoughts maybe on the Cubs so far, just initial thoughts from the first uh, two homestands. Um, I haven't, to be honest, I haven't watched too much of them. I did see a highlight where Jack Peterson got a waffle maker for hitting a home run. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't realize so, that was a tradition. <laughs> so that, that, that's pretty fun. I haven't really watched them too much. I, to be honest, I don't even know where they are in the standings. Um, but, uh, regardless, uh, once Wrigley goes, if, if they go full capacity or half capacity, uh, we will definitely be out there this oh, year. Oh yeah, get me out there, man! I need to. I need it like water. I need Wrigley Field and sun and beer and just Wrigleyville. That's what I need. Yeah, we need and post Cup games. Yeah, we need a we need a noon game and get to Wrigleyville at about eight a.m. Yeah, really get, it, really get it started for the day, and then catching the train back at like you know eleven thirty, the last metro the last back to the suburbs. Out, yeah. <laughs> Man, I, I need that stuff like water, man. Th- those are the best days. Those those are great days, even though you're dropping like a hundred dollars on beer alone. Worth it. Yeah, oh yeah, always worth it. All right, Zane. Uh water was good. Always, yep. Awesome. Yeah, my independence harbor amber ale. Trying out a little bit something new, and I love it, but probably hop back on the Yingling train sometime soon. Anyways, thank you everyone for listening, and we'll talk to y'all soon.